that's what I typed in. Board box. B-O-R-D. Board. Yes. These boards and girls. <laughs> B-O-A-R-D. The only way to kill the monster is to whack it. With a board box. No, yeah, you just whack it with a box, essentially. <laughs> a box made oh. out of boards. So a box. Yes. You just hit oh, it with It's a the... wooden box. Oh, okay. we're getting off to a start tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, welcome back to Netflix and Kill. Um, we watched Bird Box. We did. Uh-huh. We jumped on the hype train. No shame. Just jumped right on. Choo-choo, motherfucker. But you know what? Yeah, I'm not apologizing. We're here to talk about Bird Box, you guys. Yeah, yeah, we if are. We, if, we do, if we don't do it now, then no one's gonna talk about it later. So. Well, uh, Bird Bird is the word, am I right? Right. Yeah, that... that... No. <laughs> no. Oh, I love you, though. I, I, I was in the box it. then. Some fucking bells. It was some fucking parakeets. It was all the people tweeting about this movie. Yeah, it was. Oh my god, I get it now. Tweets. Everyone knows something's wrong because everyone, all the birds start tweeting about it. So it's like every time you go and when you find out Trump did something, it's always because the fucking Twitter's going off. Because the fucking birds. Oh yeah. Too real. Too real. Okay, we'll back up. We'll. We'll take it back a few steps. Mm-hmm. So take it back now, y'all. <laughs> um, so, who do we have here today? Hello, I'm Hannah B. Boyens back again. It took a while, but um, I'm back. I love listening to you guys' reviews. They're always super good. I like hearing you guys and Aaron talking to mm-hmm. you guys. But it's good to be back with this movie about birds and bullocks and um, boy. Good. And Goral. Boy. If it was Boy and Goral, I wouldn't be as pissed at her naming choices. Mm-hmm. At but least yeah. then they're, Same. like, memeable. But yeah. No, I'm Hannah. I'm back. Hello. Nice. Hello. Nice Welcome back, Hannah. Again. Yeah. Hi. I'm glad you're back. Me too. Yeah. Um, so I'm Marty. Hi. <laughs> um, I'm Marty. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, enough said. That's Kyla. Yeah, I'm Kyla. Um, <laughs> I have a real name because my parents love me. Oh! <laughs> fuck him up, fuck him up, fuck him up! <laughs> like, hey, some of us had to choose our own names. I mean, <laughs> you have a true. privilege. That, that a means boy, you love would... yourself, which is even better. Hell yeah. yeah. If I was a boy, my name would have been Donald, so I dodged a bullet there. Oof. Yeah. So, bird box. Yes. Yeah, we yes. got way off topic there. <laughs> they make everyone kill themselves. Yeah. Spoilers, sorry. If you're listening to this oh. podcast, you probably know that but there's that, spoilers anyways. Revealed, well, like, in that, the trailer. Yeah, it's kind of like the premise of the movie, so I don't think that's a spoiler necessarily. I didn't know people killed themselves going well, into this movie. because you didn't pay attention to the... Yeah, I could... No, like, I didn't watch any trailers or anything. I literally went into this movie not knowing what the fuck I was going to see, besides that, that there were birds in boxes... And Sandra Bullock has a blindfold on. There's a lot of B words in this. So uh, <laughs> what you're saying is you went in blind. Uh, I think I just said that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, I tried. So um, synopsis, right? Yeah, yeah, we can do cool. synopsis. Uh, so this is kind of an apocalyptic story, or a post-apocalyptic story, I guess. We kind of see the world end, so I don't know if it's post-apocalyptic or just apocalyptic. I don't know. Anyway, Sandra Bullock is uh, pregnant, and then all of a sudden some strange things start happening. People see this strange entity. We don't really know what it is. And 
they start killing themselves if they see it. So they, Sandra Bullock finds a house and holds up with John Malkovich, this cup, young couple, the guy from Get Out. Um, Not the main guy, by the way, the, the, the friend from Get Out. Yeah. We should clarify. Yeah, yeah. the friend. The awesome I friend. have the IMDb page pulled up. I Thank you. I'm trying I can to name yeah. names. Well, he plays, like, a guy who's writing a novel in this one. Um... And then the owner of the house... And, and Chiron! And Chiron, which is also... I think his name is Tom in the movie. Yeah. And the, he's, like, a veteran who's Yeah, the um, actor from, sweet. from Moonlight. Um, God. All right. Mm. So... Yeah, he did a great job. Mm -hmm. So the people that are in the house when, uh, when they get there are um, Tom, who is Trevante Rhodes, who's from Moonlight, uh, John Malkovich, who is Douglas, bald and an asshole, uh... Oh, Sandra Bullock's sister is played by Sarah Paulson. Her name is oh, Jessica. Yeah, but mm. she's, like, barely in the movie. She's yeah. wasted. Yeah, she's kind of just a bit part. Um, then there's the two, like, kids who are, like... But they're not in the house yet. No, not the kids. I'm talking about, like, the 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 young people. Alright, we may want to not call them the kids since there are literally two yeah. kids in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, I just... I don't know, it's a habit to refer to anyone younger than, like, 30 as a kid. <laughs> the, the young labas. Yes. Um, that's Lucy and Felix. That's the old lady, right? Yeah, the yeah, old lady the old is, lady, like, a nurse. Her name is Cheryl, played by Jackie Weaver. Um, Rosa Salazar, who is Lucy, she's one of the young labas. The other one is... Uh, Felix. Um, and his name in that is Colson Baker, but I'm looking at this. He has a stage name, and it's Machine Gun Kelly, and that's <laughs> fucking cool. Oh, nice. <laughs> I love that. And then there was the other guy, um, B.D. Wong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's him. Um, and then there's actually, um, Lil Rel. That's those who played Charlie. Right. He's in Get yeah. Out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. And uh. Uh. And the the other pregnant lady too, right? Yeah. That's right. Um, they let her in eventually. Yeah. They let her in after uh Sandra Bullock's character got there. Her name is Mallory, but the uh the other pregnant lady um is Olympia. Yes. So throughout the movie, this Played by Danielle McDonald. Sorry. Yes. I didn't add that in. Throughout this movie, these this group of survivors has to figure out how they can get supplies and travel without being able to see because if they look at the creature they will go insane and kill themselves and as the movie goes on they find out that some people uh when they look at this creature um become like enamored with it and like worship it and like try to get other people to see it to either join them or kill themselves and then like the survivors get picked off one by one in some way or another sandra bullock and the other lady, I think Olympia is her name, uh, have their babies, but eventually all that's left is Sandra Bullock and Tom with the two kids. Yeah. And then, which, which yeah. this is not too much of a spoiler, by the way, because they literally revealed this within, like, the first five minutes of oh, the movie. Oh, I, I, I just assumed we were going for spoiler territory. Oh, yeah. Well, we are, but I'm telling people so they're not like, what? Well, I feel like spoiler I spoiled it, it but... given that I, like, told them pretty much everyone dies. No, I think it's fine. I mean, we've already established that, like, this is a spoiler-heavy show, and mm -hmm. I think most people have watched Bird Box by now. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, for anyone who hasn't, people get picked off. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Just eventually they find out there's this compound uh, where they can go and be safe. And so Sandra Bullock has to go down the river with these two kids who are now like six-ish. And uh, she's got to make her way down the rapids blindfolded. And wacky hijinks ensue, including almost drowning a lot. 
most that's most of the hijinks. Yeah, which I mean, to be fair, is pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one thing I really like about this movie is like they set up scenes and moments that are very intense. Like there were moments where I'd, I'd catch myself like going, oh, "I'm actually really invested in what's going on. I'm really nervous," and like I wasn't as much engaged in the plot and the characters, but I think that it was set up and paid off pretty well, at least within these micro scenes. Like, there is so much exposition oh, yeah. that no one talks like a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of yelling. <laughs> Sandra Bullock too. mostly does the yelling. Yeah! Sandra Bullock and John Malkovich, they're like, I'm gonna out-act you by yelling. They, they yell at each other a lot, too. <laughs> She's, like, constantly calling him an asshole, and, I mean, she's right, but, like, yeah, no, it happens I, a lot. If I was around his character, yeah, I'd probably be yelling at him, too. Yeah, they revisit the same beat with that guy quite a few times. Like, yeah. Ah, oh, you're an asshole! And he's like, yeah, I know, right? And it's like, oh, this again? Yeah, mm-hmm. the writing on him was not subtle, um, at all. Nope. So, I think um, they state the theme in, like, the first, like, she's oh, looking at yeah. her paintings, and she's like, wow, they're lonely, but they're together. Because they can't connect. I'm like, wow, I wonder if this movie's gonna be about connection, guys. Yeah. Wow. They're dropping some subtle hints. Right? Dropping some subtle hints is hard to deduce. (laughs) Sorry. I just got the dirtiest looks from both of you. You're canceled. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I've already canceled Aaron like three times. But then, damn it, he just always manages to, like, say really eloquent things about the state of the industry, so I'm like, damn it, now I gotta uncancel him. Yeah. Um, but no, that's just life. I feel like all of us have been canceled at some point, and then mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I love you guys too much. Mm-hmm. You're uncancelled. Um, at least I haven't been blocked and reported. By what? No, I'm I'm losing track of the metaphor. By Black Mirror? Mirror. Is this like the end of White Christmas when, like, (laughs) he's blocked by everyone? No, I'm I'm talking, like, you know when people, like, hear something they don't like, they just say block and report, and then, like, they just don't talk to that person anymore? I feel like in in sibling world, it's just telling your mom. At least being canceled means just shut up. Just shut up. (laughs) Stop it. Blocking reporting is telling my mom on you. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's for real, though. But speaking of moms, Sandra Bullock is not a great one. No, in this one, in this movie, she she's probably a good mom in real life, but like she won't name her kids actual real human names because she doesn't want to get attached. She like yells at them for trying to have hope in this hopeless situation. Um, Literally doesn't apologize to them unless they're on the brink of death. And she only names them when she's in front of her OBGYN doctor. And the doctor goes, what are their names? And they go, they go, boy, girl. And then, Sa- like, she gives Sandra Bullock this, like, dirty-ass fucking look. And Sandra Bullock goes, they have names, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she totally did that. Not because of, like, the arc or nothing. It was totally because she didn't want to look bad in front of her OBGYN. <laughs> I mean, like, it's supposed to be set up like that, but th- that was on the spot They that they named those kids. Yeah. If I were one of those kids, honestly, I'd be a little more insulted that my name was just, like, tacked on so Maybe they just don't come back to Sandra Bullock because, like, they run off to play. Maybe they just don't come back. They're like, well, we got options now. See ya. I mean, I think that no matter what, they're gonna be, like, slightly screwed up. Oh, God. Especially that little girl. I know. Oh, man. And, like, on a serious note for a second, I really, like, I did relate to, like, parts of 
Sandra Bullock's story, because it's like, okay, as someone who... I actually do want to have kids one day, but, like, I don't feel super maternal, I guess. And, like, I can definitely understand the hesitancy. And, you know, I'm glad that they focused on, like, some of the more unpleasant parts of pregnancy. That's um, fair. But I... that, yeah, but that being said, it's like, you don't have to be a dick to your kids. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you're stuck with them, so raise them well, you know, because you're going to psychologically screw these kids up. I was going to say, mm-hmm. life's hard enough. You don't need to shout and scream at them, like... There is, there is always a better way to communicate with someone than shouting and screaming and just saying, I'm right, don't ever question me, do exactly what I say, all the time, every day, all day, go make me some breakfast. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, like, this poor child, she, this kid knows that, or, like, and the audience feels it, too, like, she, this lady might be responsible for my death, like, I might have to look. And she, like, tells these kids, like, one of you is gonna have to look. And, like, I get that from a certain point of view, at the same time making these kids feel like it's me or my sibling and almost pitting them against each other in a way. Or making me feel like, okay, which one of us do you love more and I'll figure it out and I guess I'll be the one to sacrifice myself is a shitty thing to do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it it really is. And, like... You know, fair enough, like, at least the movie kind of called her on it and she backs off and, like, doesn't end up making either of them look. But, like, but like the fact that she even would put her kids in that situation where she's, like, displaying in front of them that she has to choose which of her kids she wants to risk mm-hmm. is, like, really bad. It's uh... Also, it's really bad when, like, once you know, like, who the, the parent, like, the actual parentage of the kids. Because, mm-hmm. like, the little girl is Olympia's. And, um... Olympia, like, died right after she gave birth to the little girl. And, like, the part where they're, like, one of you is gonna have to look, the little boy goes, I'll look. And he goes, and she goes, no! I get to choose who looks. And then you just think, you're gonna send this other kid out there because, like, it's not your genetic kid? What the fuck? You could just see the little girl go through, like, the three, the, like, stages of grief Mm -hmm. for herself in that moment. That little kid's a good actress because you could just see her just look out and she does that thing kids do when they're about to cry where, like, they, like, tuck their, like, bottom half of their face into their face and they're, like, start, like, looking like they're about to cry. And I'm like, please, please don't cry. Do not hurt the children. Do not hurt the children. I don't like kids. I don't want to be around kids, but don't hurt the children. Yeah, no, that that was kind of heartbreaking. Come Actually, on. I thought the the acting from the kids was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it helps that they're not in the movie, like, a whole bunch. But, like, you know, as far as child acting goes, I think they did a really freaking good job. Also, I think the other person who shines the most in this movie is the actor who plays Tom. Yes. He's fantastic. Oh, he was so good. He was the only one who, like, the whole time through... I was like, I like you. I don't think he had much of an arc, but, like, he was good. Yeah, but like, the performance didn't... just pulls it through. Tremonte yes. Rhodes. Mm-hmm. I had to look up his name again. Well, shout out to him, because he's fantastic. I loved, <laughs> I loved watching him act, like, especially when he was telling his story, his, like, back, like, his, you know, background in Iraq. Normally when people, like, spew out their stories... And, like, this is who I am, and this is my background. Like, in the beginning with the two sisters talking about, wow, wasn't it great that we both grew up together on a horse farm and our dad was slightly abusive and our mother was absent throughout our childhood? What a normal (laughs) conversation we're having. Um, Whereas, like, his story felt, like, more... Like, I I bought it more than I bought this. Yeah, it was more like a real conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I know, I agree 100%. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, throughout the movie, we couldn't remember his character's name. It's the simplest name ever, it's Tom, but we just kept calling him Chiron. <laughs> I love Moonlight so much. Yeah, it's well, so it's, good. Yeah, it's because Moonlight's such a memorable movie, so it like... It is. And, oh god, I'm trying to think. Oh, the editing. Well, not necessarily, I don't know if it was more the editing or the script, but the sequence of events. Yeah. It was the structuring of the events that was going for, yeah. so I guess that has to do with the editing. They, like, kept inserting, like, backstory shots into, like, the middle of them going down the river. And it was just weird, because, like, all of the stuff that was uh, happening, like, when they were on the river could have just been at the end, and it would have made more sense. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I didn't think the movie gained anything by putting the events out of order. In fact, I think, I think it, it gives away a lot of the suspense, because you already know yeah. what's going to happen to 90% of the characters. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, exactly. It's like at the the very first scene is her, you know, yelling at these kids on the boat, and so it's like, okay, from the very beginning, you know that she's gonna end up with two kids, um, and there's no one else around, so everyone else is apparently dead. And so, like, that already gives away a ton of the movie, and then it, like, kind of takes away from your investment in the other characters, because whenever they do get to have arcs, like John Malkovich does at one point, you know, he finally has a character change, and then he dies, so it's, like, kind of pointless. Yeah, well, it's kind of like The Walking Dead. They give their moment of redemption at the last minute before you can really feel it stick. It's kind of like someone coming up to me on my deathbed and apologizing, that means nothing to me. You can get the fuck out of here. I'm dying. You're only here because, like, it's gonna make you, you want to feel, feel You want to feel better. No, uh-uh, this is my death. You ain't ruining it. Get the fuck out of my house. Um, or wherever you are when you're dying. Get the fuck out of this Quiznos. <laughs> but, yeah, I just, I think it would have been much more satisfying for me personally if they built the whole movie and didn't take it out of sequence and just left that third act with just Sandra Bullock and the kids. Because I wonder if they cut it up because they were worried that just Sandra Bullock and the kids weren't going to be suspenseful enough, and they wanted to intercut it with, like, scenes of more people. But I think it would have been, like, great if it had just been her and the two kids in the final act. That would have been super mm -hmm. scary and suspenseful. 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 Um, you're doing your Mad Nicholson. I, I, I have never met anyone who can imitate his accent. I am so... How does one do it? Yeah. No, I'm just... <laughs> I can't do it. I try. But anyway, yes, I I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it, it really took away from the suspense to, like, have it keep going back and forth the way it did. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, like, this trend of, like, Netflix movies, because they tend to be just mostly okay, in my opinion. Mm. Like, I haven't seen one lately that really blows my mind. Like, we were talking about Bandersnatch recently, because, like, the Netflix... Netflix didn't, like, make this movie. Netflix is just distributing this movie, yeah, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. And I wish I had Aaron-type knowledge so that I could spew off but about the industry. But you have type knowledge, though. That's only Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Hannibal. Hey, and that's just as yeah. valuable. Is it, though? Yes. yes. In <laughs> Buffy and box? Hannibal are cornerstones of our culture. For bird and box? The cornerstones of the box. Okay, listen. If when we, we have a picture of Sarah Michelle Gellar, when we have a picture of Mads Mikkelsen, uh, the other corners we got Bumblebee. That's another cornerstone of knowledge. Yes. We got, um... Disney's remakes. I don't know why. Oh God, no! I don't know why, but the very first thing that came to my mind for a fourth cornerstone was Scooby Doo. Yeah, and I literally don't there. know why that came up 
but it just came there. Put it in the box. Um, the box. Put it in the box. The birds. We never really know what the fuck that, that thing is, do we? The monster? Yeah. No, we never find out, which actually is one of the things I liked the most about the movie, is, like, I'm kind of glad they don't show the monster. Mm -hmm. Um, They have this guy that comes in, and he's kind of gotten a glimpse of it, so it takes him, like, a little while to finally, like, be overtaken by it. So I guess that's the, um, the, like, the connection that people have. If they've only seen it a little bit, then they become, like, the disciples or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, can we talk about some of the implications there? Because that was yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, they, like, that was brought up, up that it the people who were in the insane asylum saw it, and they were the ones who started worshipping the monster rather than killing themselves, and then started forcing other people to open mm-hmm. their eyes. Oh, they, they also do that with, um... Uh, fish finger guy. Yeah, fish fingers. They say, yeah. yeah, he was, like, in jail for a really long time, and then he got out, and... He's weird, but, like, at least he's nice to me. And, like, one thing that's I'm, what Charlie yeah. says. One thing I'm worried about is that there could be implying that, like, and I'm not saying this was intentional, but the mentally unstable or mentally ill see this thing and then want to spread it. And I'm worried that that could be a metaphor for mental illness, and that is a wrong, bad, and not true stereotype yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, and again, like, like you said, I don't necessarily think that was intentional, but, like, there are definitely some things, because, like, it also kind of plays into this weird trope that actually the, the movie Split did also, um, speaking of timely movies, um, that, like, this idea of, like, oh, well, mentally ill people are the strongest because they have history and they've seen things. So, like, this idea that, like, oh, only the crazy people can see this monster and live, it's, like, kind of playing into the whole, like... It's romanticizing. It's almost romanticizing it, but, like... But also they're still the villains, so, like, not quite. So I I just really don't know what the intentions were with that. It was strange to me. I Like, I think they wanted to find something that would make, make... Like, why are these people in particular... Being, because you, I understand why they have certain people wanting to worship the beast instead of just everyone killing themselves, because the beast can't really touch them or come into their house. Mm -hmm. It can only, like, try to convince them to, like, take off their blindfolds, and without, like, an actual physical presence to be a threat, it would just be, like, a whole movie of someone going, hey, hey, (laughs) take off your blindfold, do it, do what I got, I got, oh, what's this? Oh, season four of Hannibal. Oh, it did come up. Oh, what's this? I got it in my box. I'm putting it in the Blu-ray player. Oh, wow. We're starting the director's commentary. Okay, I would take off my blindfold. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think just more. Because, like, with the people there, now there is a physical threat to their being. Something can come and get them. I just think they should have either left it random and mysterious, like, what is it? What is what is making these people go nuts? And that adds, like, another layer of, like, intensity or, like, mm-hmm. paranoia to the situation, because everyone's like, which could any of us be, yeah. be like, yeah. Thing rules. But I thought it was really funny that, like, the demon thing or whatever operated on, like, vampire rules. It's not allowed to come into the house so they get other people to do it. <laughs> hey, hey, can I come in? Did you wipe your feet? I don't have feet. <laughs> then you can't come in. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Um, so from what I've heard, though, and I don't know really how much of this is true because I haven't read just, like, a ton of interviews from the behind-the-scenes people, but, like, from what I've heard, apparently the intention was, like, the beasts are not necessarily actively malevolent. Like, I guess they're just wandering around and, like, just if you happen to see them, you do this to yourself, but it's not that they, like, want people to do that to them. It just is a side effect. I don't know how true that is. Like, I, I, I read that somewhere, but... You know, this is just random information I found on the internet, so it may not actually be true. I mean, it doesn't necessarily come across as, like, they wanting they want anything. Necessar- mm-hmm. I mean, they want to be seen, but they don't say why. Yeah. Like, maybe they just want to show off their really cool new sport coat. Hey, can't And they're just them. so jealous. <laughs> they just gotta, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that was one aspect of the movie, again, though, that I really liked, is the the kind of mystery. I feel like they mm-hmm. explain enough that, like, you you can understand what's going on, but, like, yeah. but, but, you you know, they don't have to sit you down and explain, like, literally every single thing. Except in the first part. Oh, well, except, yeah. uh, except for character yeah, information. Character yeah, character information, they do share literally every single thing, but I guess about the monsters, they don't, so. Yeah, and Marty, like, said when we were watching, like, how the guy drawing out the monster, because when he comes in, you said, like, he draws out, like, pictures of the monster. Yeah, he, like, sits down when no one's looking, and he just, like, pulls out, like, a briefcase or a folder or something, and just lays out all of his drawings that he's done of the monster, and it's, like, these charcoal drawings that he's done of, like, these, like, eldritch beings, and it's, like, it's really cool, but also really disturbing, because, like, you know... That's what they look like. <laughs> yeah, and there are so many different pictures, too, that it's not just one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what's interest- what interested me. I'm like, there's no one design I can pick out. It's just this this foreboding, it was dark like, presence. There was, really a, cool. there was one, it was like a dark, like, it was like just a dark background with like this circle of light. And it was like, it was like he had drawn in the middle and then like, blocked out the rest of it, and there was just this one white ring of, like, blank paper. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. It kind of reminded me of the ring. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And thank God that, I know a lot of people draw comparisons to the movie The Quiet Place, and I think there are some similarities, like the fact that there is a certain sense that you are not supposed to use. Um, the theme, too, of, like, family and parenting and Someone having like birth in an un... Un, an unconventional place. An unconventional place. And at a, a not the best time. Oh, no. Although this one, they probably saw, like, oh, damn, our film has a pregnancy, too. What are we going to do? I know. We'll have two ladies having oh. babies at the same time. Take that, Emily Blunt. Oh, that was so contrived, though. That drove me nuts. That Yeah, so, like, there's these two pregnant All ladies... And that, yeah, and then they just both happen to go into labor at the same time. <laughs> oh, also, why a crazy guy is attack while a crazy guy is attacking them? Because you know, why not? Um, <laughs> that the guy that like had all the drawings or whatever, he like starts like pushing people out of the house to try like make them like look at the beasts outside. And then he comes upstairs and like they're sitting there with their babies or whatever. And he he looks over at the babies and he's like, "Oh, beautiful." And then, like, he just, he's, he talks like he wants to eat them. <laughs> I'm I mean, just he kind of wants to give it. them to the, the beast or whatever. Yeah. I guess so. He, he does say during the scene, though, like, because Olympia dies during that scene, because, like, he rips all the yeah. stuff off the windows, and uh, 
um, he goes, look at it and make your baby look too. And it's like, okay, okay, all right. <laughs> what would a baby? I don't. I don't want to think about it. You know, I'm. I'm just gonna say it would. It wouldn't have worked. Babies can't do nothing with those little baby arms. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. So that is an interesting question. How would a, yeah, how would a baby kill itself? Yeah. So, like, would the baby... That's a really dark question. <laughs> Does that mean maybe the baby would just be, like, one of the crazy people? Like, since they can see the monster and they don't really have... Well, like, here's the thing. To... They kind of imply that the monster is a manifestation of your greatest fear. Does a mm. baby have a greatest fear yet? Because they don't really know much. They don't really have, like, object permanence yet. So, like, I think we've found a loophole to these monsters. <laughs> you just have to be a baby to live. <laughs> and have no object permanence. So. No, that's the solution. No object permanence. So you just have to be a baby or Zack Snyder's Superman. <laughs> <and you're> set. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, maybe, on the other hand, so maybe what the monsters really wanted was babies. It was like a Mars Needs Moss situation, <laughs> except in reverse. Like, they needed babies instead of moms. Oh my god. So these monsters just wanted to adopt a bunch of babies and I think they wanted to throne. eat them, really. Because, like, that guy kept acting like he was, like, wanting to eat it. And I feel like that's, like, a thing that the monsters wanted. They're like, ooh, babies. Everyone knows the babies taste the best. I don't know. I find it. That's what Chris Evans said. Oh, God. I love that. <laughs> Spoilers! <laughs> that was Snowpiercer. Oh, God. Is Snowpiercer on Netflix? What are you doing over that? It was for a while. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, if it is, I would love to talk about it. If I, not, I, I can lend movie. it to you, dear listener. I have a copy and I shall lend it to you. Yes. You specifically. You specifically. That's right. Jerry. Boy. Jerry boy. <laughs> girl. You know. Jerry boy, girl. Jerry. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're getting you're getting that one. Yep. Yeah, actually, we have no idea if there's anyone named Jerry Boy Girl out there. Um, you're probably not getting it because if you do, you probably won't give it back. I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. What else can we talk about with this movie? Oh, so birds can tell if the creature is near or if someone's possessed by the creature. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't understand what the symbolism for that is, because I know there has to be some. Well, at the end, so, like, throughout the movie, while she's going down the rapids, she's talking on the radio with a man who's supposed to help them, and he's like, hey, there's a sanctuary. So, like, that's what she and the children are trying to find. And so, at the end, they find out that it's a school for the blind. Um, and so there's, like, the sanctuary of blind people who survived, because obviously they can't see the monsters. Um, so then at the very end, you know, she and her kids show up, and they're safe. And she's talking with the kids. She finally gives some names. And she's like, hey, because there's all these birds at the sanctuary, too. Because um, that's how they find it. Because they can hear the tweeting. Mm -hmm. um, and then the birds help, you know, warn the people if the monsters are near. So at the end, they get there and she's like, hey, let's let these birds out of the box and go be with their friends. And, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, like, turned to Hannah and I was like, oh, it's a <laughs> metaphor, you see. Because her children want to go and play with other children she won't let them. But now she's learned to be a good mother and let her children free. Wow, I thought they were just literal birds in a literal box. What a <laughs> fool I've been. This movie done did got me good. Going back to high school English, y'all. <laughs> so the thing is this a uh, metaphor? I also enjoy how much they appreciate food in this movie because when they go to the supermarket and oh they're so gosh. happy yeah. to get food. Although you don't really feel like they're in, like they're ever in desperate need of supplies. Like everyone always acts and seems like they're doing just fine. Like no one ever acts like they're 
like so hungry or so delirious like normally in uh post-apocalyptic or survival movies the the supplies aspect is usually played up pretty big like oh man they're running out of food oh man they're starting to get delirious oh man what are they gonna do they don't have water but this movie's like no they're fine yeah um they go to the supermarket and john malkovich gets fucking drunk as hell and starts (laughs) spewing some trump bullshit (laughs) and he's like let's just stay here fuck everyone else so it's like you're an asshole dude and he's like yep (laughs) yep yeah, they, the movie just really, really wants you to hate this character. And, like, fair enough, they succeeded. But the writing on him is not at all subtle. And it's just John Malkovich being, like, not himself, but, like, he's acting like an asshole. And he See? does it very well. He does it very memorably. He's just John Malkovich playing a version of himself, John Malkovich. And you can say he it's was fine, John Malkovich. Hey. <laughs> hey. I yeah. read okay. I read a piece of trivia on the IMDb, and it said apparently every time they would call cut, John Malkovich would uh talk to the birds, and he Aww. figured out how to make them dance. He he what? would like he would talk to them and tell them to dance, and they would. That's Aww, sweet. Okay, that's really great. <laughs> he seems actually. like a nice guy. I'm sorry I called him Malkovich. <laughs> We're talking about his character. Yeah, his character. Like him, his he a would understand. Mm-hmm. I hope. I don't know. Anyway, Malka. we're not. We're not judging any actors, um, right now, today. Only characters. Now, yeah. I thought he was John Malkovich, but now he's John Palkovich. Aww. Because he's with Pal. Awesome. He's a good pal. He's pals with the birds. He's pals with the birds. Although, I, yeah, the birds, I guess, technically birds are usually symbols for, like, freedom and flight and, like, birds. There's always three of them. <laughs> birds. birds there's, there's always, always three of them you mentioned the movie the new, but this the is true slogan. of life you ever see more than one birds an optical illusion it's just three <laughs> i want a fucking t-shirt that says birds there's three of them See, that like, should have been the slogan for the movie bird box there's three of them <laughs> it works on multiple levels there's three whole <laughs> there's three whole bird boxes <laughs> yup I will say, I do also appreciate A Quiet Place, because with their kind of, yeah, I'm gonna, I guess, their their thing, their gimmick, with being quiet, they did cast an actual deaf actress who does an amazing job. Bird Box doesn't necessarily play up that aspect of this gimmick, like, none of the people in the survivors groups is actually blind. Right. It's only till the, till the very end that they kind of bring up, like, these guys were fine. Y'all were just, y'all were just weak. <laughs> they just, they just had to wear blindfolds or whatever, and yeah, I mean, it does lead to some interesting creative solutions. So, like, wh- when they go to the supermarket, um, they have to put tape on the windows of the car, mm-hmm. and then they use the GPS to drive, and like, you know, it obviously will tell them like where to go. So I thought that was really clever. Like, it led to some kind of interesting situations, but mm-hmm. I'm interested. Just a curb. <laughs> yeah, I am interested to see. Like, there has been a trend, and it's been kind of made into a meme. And this has been around forever. It's not a new thing where um, the loss of a sense being a part of the horror movie genre, I think there is some stuff to unpack there. I don't know if Bird Box is the movie to do it with, because I don't feel... But also, it is it is a part of that subsection of horror. And I, I don't think it's... All, I need to do more reading or research. At this point, I'm just pointing out that it is there. Um, 
it can lead to like greater representation and greater casting like the the casting of the brilliant deaf actress oh god i can't just keep calling her that i feel terrible so we've done that to like literally everyone this episode except for john malkovich because i feel bad he's we kept the only calling... one we know and yeah, sandra well, bullock john malkovich and sandra bullock we kept calling the the guy from moonlight we just kept calling him shyron because and millicent I feel... simmons ah yes okay yeah millicent See, simmons we're just really forgetful with names you guys yeah, yeah. And it can lead to some really cool creative choices and representation, um, but I think it can also possibly lead to some other darker implications, too. In this movie, I don't think... I don't know if I'm necessarily the qu- most qualified person to say, so I'm kind of taking this movie more from, like, what it what works about it as a film in and of itself, rather than, like social and societal implications just because I don't know. I haven't done my research. I haven't spoken to anyone who is like a member of the blind community. I don't know. And I'm fully comfortable admitting I don't know. I am a student. I'm learning. We all are. And we all can have certain shortcomings when it comes to our judgment of entertainment and of things like that. But I think the best thing we all can do is ask someone who like this, this kind of um, film or phenomena could affect and see what they think about it and learn from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So those birds were in a box. They sure were. <laughs> um, I think, I think you were. put that pretty well. Like, yeah, I so. no, I like that. Yeah, because it's definitely, like, a thing to think about, especially now. Because um, you're right, that has been a trope that's been around. I mean, um, back in October, we watched Wait Until Dark with Audrey Hepburn as part of, like, a screening at our university, so mm-hmm. it's been a thing for a long time in horror, but it is it is interesting to think of, like, from a casting perspective, because um, right now, you know, people are very, like, quick now to call out whitewashing and stuff in movies, but, like, it's still, there's still a persistent issue of, like, casting able-bodied people in disabled roles, or, like, or, like, also, like, casting cis people in transgender roles, and that's something that hasn't been touched yet. And I know, yeah. Yeah, and again, it's, like, I don't know if we're the people who can, like you said, it's, like, well, I don't know if we're the people who can touch it, because we don't have super strong ties to the deaf or blind community, but, like, but it is something to think about and bring up. Mm -hmm. It's something to, to ask about, like, realize, like, we are not the authority, we are not the people who that affects every day, and I think before I can make a judgment on it, I should ask the people who it, who it actually affects. Like, um, I remember thinking someone was saying, like, well, we couldn't cast someone who, like, can't hear for this role because, like, it requires them to do this. And, like, then why did... But why did you write it that way? Why did you write a character who is deaf who cannot be played by a deaf person? Why why did you choose to make that choice? Mm-hmm. Why did you choose to make that choice? <laughs> that's a weird no. sentence. Uh, no, yeah, no, I knew, I, I knew what you meant. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's... Well, that's something to think about. Yeah. Um, but back to the jokey jokes. <laughs> jokes. Unless you want to talk about something else or want to keep going. I don't want to interrupt the flow, because, like... I think... Yeah. I think... I mean, there's there's more to talk about that's, like, kind of serious with this movie. Um, yeah, the fact that she is kind of a bad mom. Yeah, she... I mean, like... But she, we did talk about it a little bit. I think this movie does strike a good balance in that it shows her struggle... Mm-hmm. But also that she is a bad mom. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like, the... I mean, it it works with the narrative that she's a bad mother because, like, she's kind of forced into this 
thing that she doesn't want to be a part of and like it's uh i mean at the very beginning she makes it um like they make it apparent to say like she doesn't even really want her kid anyways like she wants to give it up for adoption or something and um and then she just like has the baby and like doesn't even really know what to do and then she gets the stuck kid. with another baby yeah, yeah. She, gets, she ends up with two babies because the other girl dies um, and so, like, she just, at that point, she's just kind of done, because she's stuck with these kids she didn't even really want, and, yeah. like... Yeah. It's like, God bless Trevante Rhodes for helping her raise them, because... He's yeah. such a good He was dad. a great dad. Oh my god, he was just telling them stories about his boat, and his trees, and, like, telling her that she needed to stop doing all this bullshit, like, calling her out, like... Way, way to go. Way to go. Yeah, well, like, he was so excited. Like, you could tell he really wanted to be a parent. Mm-hmm. And I just really like that, that reversal of expectations of, like, okay, you know, here's a woman who, like, doesn't necessarily feel very motherly, but then we have this very kind guy to kind of counteract that, and he, you know, really wants to be a parent and really enjoys being around children. So I, I did like that reversal of expectations. Yeah, and it, it definitely breaks the trope of, like, the uncaring parent being the father. And, like, that really makes me happy because, like, we don't get that a lot that we have, like, good fathers in movies. Yeah, yeah. one thing I do wish, um, the film does kind of make it a theme of, like, it, I don't know if it accomplishes this very well, but love is not necessarily weakness. Yeah. Because in the moment when he sees beast right before not the beast the creature whatever he is able to save the family before succumbing to the monster because he loves them so much Mm -hmm. i wish they had given that moment to um olympia because she is Mm -hmm. not your stereotypical um pretty hollywood actor like she Mm -hmm. seems like a very normal woman and i think if they and she is portrayed in the film as very like soft and weak and loving she even says like I'm weak because I was loved so much. You're strong because, like, you were neglected. Which I think is also a pretty bad thing to promote. Yeah. But, um, I wish there had been a moment kind of like with, um, Tom, where right when she sees the beast, it's her decision to hand off her baby Mm -hmm. before jumping or doing whatever the fuck the beast makes you do. Mm -hmm. Like, it was her active, like, that would have been a nice arc for a character. She's like, love makes me weak. And then it shows no... Love made me strong and helped me save my baby. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been a great, like, little moment. Because mm-hmm. I, I like Olympia. I love soft and sweet characters. And I think that we undervalue softness and sweetness in the society and see it as weakness. And it's not. It's it's a wonderful, beautiful thing when people are willing to be honest and open and kind to you. And I don't like it when that turns out to be, like, a weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at our core, like, we are pack animals. Humans are pack animals. We are social creatures who thrive because we live in communities together. Like, that's, that's how our genetics work. Like, we are constantly looking for faces because that's how our brains are trained. And, like, if we can find a face, then we made a friend. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever look at something and go, oh, hey, there's a smiley face in that. Hi, friend. That's yeah. it. literally trained in your brain from, like, the moment you are 
uh, conceived in the womb. And that was something like, I actually did kind of like about this movie. It did have a generally nice opinion of the human race in and of itself. Like, when shit starts hitting the fan, people help Sandra Bullock to her feet. They push her out of the way of cars. They, like, go out into the street to try to help her. Mm-hmm. They let her stay in her how- their house. And, like, they try... Like, Tom always tries to, like, let people in. He tries to give them a chance. Like, there's never really a moment where anyone gets turned away. Mm-hmm. It does kind of go back on them to a certain... De- to a very big degree, actually, later on. But I still love that... After all of it, he's like, we have to try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes me happy. Go- going back to it, though, like, just thinking about, like, the beginning, because we were talking, like, you, you said, like, at the very beginning, people were, like, helping to her, her to her feet, and, like, because she was pregnant and, like, trying to help her get inside and all that other stuff, and I thought that was really nice, but then I remembered, like, all the stuff that was going on around her, and, like, oh, God, just, like, thinking about the fact that it is, like, suicide that is, like, the big thing, that rubs me the wrong way a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just as someone who has, like, suffered from really bad depression and mental illness for a while now, mm-hmm. um, I it just, it just hit me how, like, kind of fucking bad that is to, like, have suicide be, like, part of a disease and I mean it kind of is part of a disease but it's not something that like you just look at and kill yourself over and and other people can't make you depressed I mean they can but like they can't just make you look at something and like just make you you know want to kill yourself and it's a lot more complicated than that I feel like they they're trying to use the suicide to make like a statement but it's just very very hollow and it doesn't work based on what I know about my mental illness and um and what I know about like all the other stuff and I feel like this this movie is kind of like a metaphor for ignoring all the problems until it gets better <laughs> I mean I don't know I can I can see what you're saying but I didn't really feel that way about it like yeah as someone who also has depression and is on medication and stuff, um, I didn't really, because, like, to me, the way I interpreted it is, like, the, that seeing these monsters just dry, is too much for the human brain to handle. Like, it's the classic eldritch monster that, like, you know, human consciousness just can't comprehend. And so I don't, like, I didn't really think it had much to do with actual suicide. I think it was just more of, like, this is a supernatural side effect of these strange monsters that we don't know what they are. Um, so I don't know, that, that didn't really, like, bother me too much. Because I feel like it also just, like, wasn't, like, that part wasn't a big part of the movie. But the the thing that did bother me more was, like, the fact that only mentally ill people want to, like, worship the monster or something. That was weird to me. Yeah, like, the, 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 that's, like, that's what really, it. like, made it worse for me thinking about it, is that, like, all, like people who are, like, quote-unquote criminally insane and, like, people who have been in jail and, like, it's really heavily implied that all these people are, like... Like, they have the this people thing who deep have, down that the, the monster awakens. Yeah, I don't or, like that implication. Or, like, they've done something bad in the past, like a big sin or something that makes them want the monster to, like, take over them or something. And, like, that just is not how 
that works. <laughs> Especially for a movie that's about connection, because I feel like there's such a feeling of isolation and fear and terror that causes people to shut themselves down in a, in a very negative way mm -hmm. that I do not think is outwardly harmful. Like, no one who feels this way wants anyone else to feel this way. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. why they shut themselves off. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the fact that this film treats it like something that is actively being spread. Yeah. Is, or, like, something that awakens. Because, if anything, with these kind of... For one thing, it's not just... Like, it's a lot more prevalent in our society than people think. It's not just the criminally insane or whatever. It's it's a ton of people who, like, live with you and surround you. And they are good people. They are some of the best people you will ever meet because they are so empathetic and so loving and mm -hmm. so kind. And the fact that this premise of the community is being treated as this thing that can turn malevolent and evil is just inaccurate and a little frustrating. Yeah. Again, if it had just been random, I think that would have been, I think that would have made more sense. I yeah. think it means like it shows it, anyone can, because I'm not saying no one has darkness. I think everyone has a little darkness oh, in for you. Sure. And maybe that, also this movie kind of discounts choice. Like there are a few people who get to have a choice mm -hmm. in how, in what happens to them and what they get to do. And it's fine, not everything has to be about choice, but, like, personally, like, if we're talking philosophically, I would have liked someone besides Tom uh. to get some kind of active choice. Mm -hmm. Because for me, with the mom, I, if a kid is involved, for me, you have to do what's best for the kid. Mm -hmm. There's not really much of a choice. And if you, I guess there is the, the viewer wondering if she's going to make the right choice or the wrong choice. I guess there's that, but I'm much more... I don't know. Yeah. I got no, I lost know, in that thought. I know exactly what you mean, though. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what else just to say. Yeah. About. Um, I uh, touched on everything I want to. I guess, like, one last question is, um, because I don't know how you guys feel. I feel pretty middle of the road about this movie, so I guess I was just wondering, is this something you would recommend? I mean, it um, seems like most people have already seen it if they're interested. Yeah, um, my... See, my thing was, I could not I could not care less about it before I saw it and I kind of couldn't care less about it after I saw it. The acting was pretty all right. The script had a lot of flaws and um there there were a lot of moments that just didn't work, but like overall it was a fine movie. Like I guess I'd watch it again if someone wanted to, but I wouldn't be like enthusiastic about it. I think this film had great moments of tension. I think I, I had actually had an, despite everything I've said, I had an enjoyable time watching it. And, like, I think the acting's more or less pretty good. Like, I stayed engaged the whole time. I think this film has structural problems. I think this film, when you think about it too hard, isn't great. That being said, given some of the films we've watched for this podcast... Yeah. I like it, uh, in comparison. No, that's true. It's definitely like, not a masterpiece by any means, but, like, it, it's a good, it's good. If your choice is between this and the Midnight Meat Train. Oh, what? God, this. Um, this. God. Yeah, but if, if our, like, if our, like, meter for, like, good or bad is the Midnight Meat Train, then, yeah, this is, this is fucking 
all the way, way up Yeah, if our scale, yeah, I was going to say, if our scale is Midnight Meat Train to Hellraiser, I would put this, like, at the three-fourths mark, like, one-fourth behind Hellraiser, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, How about you? Yeah. Um, I know you said you were pretty middle of the road. Yeah, I was pretty middle of the road about it. I mean, you know, I think that if you enjoy suspense... You know, check it out, because you don't really lose anything by watching it. Like, it's definitely entertaining and better than a lot of things on Netflix. Um, the thing that actually gets me is, like, like I would still consider this a horror movie, but it's not horror in the traditional sense that, like, maybe some of the other movies we've talked about on this podcast. So, like, for example, there's not really supernatural elements or, like, slashers well, or anything. there's kind of a supernatural element, you just don't the see creature, it. The creature, yeah. It's more yeah. of a thriller but the, movie. We mostly do gore. Like, yeah. so far. Yeah. Lots and lots um, of buckets of bloody good old corn syrupy yeah. crimson pour it on that prom queen. Spew it off at Bruce Campbell's face gore. Mmm, give me that. Yes. I feel like everything you I just said that. was a metaphor for sex. <laughs> Maybe. No. <laughs> no. no, it wasn't. Uh, I don't know. I'm kidding. Um, I didn't intend it for that, but I do. You, you said spew all over Bruce Campbell's face, and that's... <laughs> if that... Is that not what happens with the blood? I mean, it, it does happen, but my mind went somewhere else because I am a dirty, dirty piece of shit. Hey. Been watching too many no. Kevin Smith movies. No. Not a piece of shit. You are not a piece um, of shit. But, but yeah, I do think that, like, because there's not any gore in this movie, so I think that, like, if you're a kind, the kind of person who doesn't really enjoy horror movies, you'll still enjoy this movie. Yeah, I think um, that's why it's so popular. Probably, because it's, like, just suspenseful enough to keep people engaged, but it's not, like, you know, again, it's not, like, traditional horror, and there's not a lot of blood and stuff, so, I don't know, there's maybe... Some, there's some blood because of the way people kill themselves, but, like, it's not enough to, like, freak you out Yeah, too much. it's not, like, gory or anything, but I... So this, I think this movie, I, I will say it is overrated. Like, Oh, for sure. But I, I, but I also went into it with, like, the expectation that it was going to be, like, super overrated and stupid. But, like, I actually, I was I was fine with it. Like, I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Yeah. It's, yeah. This is fine. This it's is fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's fine. This is fine. <laughs> well, uh, yes. And it's there fine. was a literal bird box. I hate it when movies don't literally have the thing that I was promised. Yeah, they, they so did that, that's bird true. Box. They did follow up on their promise, a and they did give us box boxes of with birds. Some birds in it. Like Terminator Two, they gave me two Terminators. I get what I paid for. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of a movie where I don't get paid for. Die Hard Two, Die Harder. He didn't die harder. He did die hard. He lives. He lives. He lives. Yeah. What, what well, the, wait, what the but heck the, is the, that? But the, couldn't that still mean he's dying hard because he's like hard to kill? So it's, like, hard to make him die. Then we'd have to bring grammar into it, and I'm not yeah. ready for that. If he's, That's true. Okay, but That's if, he's di- if he's dying, mm-hmm. if it's die hard to die harder, how is he, is it, does that mean he's, like, harder to kill now? Because it's the second time this has happened to him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or 2001, A Space Odyssey. I don't know if y'all were keeping count, but I saw at least one Space Odyssey, not 2001, like I was promised. <laughs> They got 2,000 more to go. I'm waiting. I'm waiting, Stanley Kubrick. Is Stanley Kubrick dead? Yes. I think so. Then I'm still waiting, Ghost Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I love how you're just, like, holding Kubrick's ghost still accountable. Like He is accountable. Yeah, well, <laughs> out, out of all the filmmakers who I could see, like, most likely to come back from the dead, mm-hmm. 
Stanley Kubrick's up there, like, I, I would just believe him being a ghost. A clockwork orange? There were no pieces of time-counting equipment made of oranges. <laughs> the Shining? It was just snow. It Nothing. wasn't shiny. There was no glitter. There was no silver. There was no gold. Not a single Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? I'm holding Kubrick accountable for all his movies now. I don't think any of them gave me what I was promised. What other Kubrick films are there? Eyes wide shut. I'm sorry. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible. Um, um. You bastard. <laughs> yeah. I guess then technically Dr. Strangelove's the only one that... Dr. Strangelove. There is a person named Dr. Strangelove in that Not a single romance in that movie. And not one romance (laughs) was odd. And excuse me, I never saw his medical license. (laughs) Rolls it on a wheelchair and with a weird German accent expects me to buy that. (laughs) (laughs) He did learn how to love that bomb, though. Yeah, That is the strange love. He learned how to love the bomb. He didn't make out with that bomb once. But he loved it. This is, this is, uh, what is the equivalent of queer baiting with a bomb and a German scientist? <laughs> Einstein baiting? Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> okay. I think we're officially done now. Yep. Um, so thank you for all you lovely people for tuning in. Um... We can be found on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. Mark yeah. and Kyla high-fived and Sparks flew. Yes. yes. We all high-fived and Sparks flew. Yeah! yeah, yeah. yeah. Sparks of friendship. Sparks yes. of friendship. The all fly. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> it's the all spark. The all Oh, <laughs> we can't bring up Transformers now or I'll never stop talking. <laughs> all right. Um, well, that's that's it for us, I think, tonight. Okay. Thank you all again. Um, we'll see you next time. Or will we, because we'll be blindfolded to avoid (laughs) the monsters. Um, anyway, may your nightmares be plentiful. Bye.